Blog Talk Radio. Across the country and around the world, streaming live on the internet, it's Real Estate Coaching Radio, bringing you the latest news, interviews, and secrets of the top producers. Hosted by award-winning real estate coaches, Tim and Julie Harris. And welcome back. And of course, this is Real Estate Coaching Radio. And today, guys, I have a very special co-host. Julie is actually on private coaching calls today, so she could make the radio show. And today's co-host is Mr. Tim Ventura. And Tim, I say, was is our marketing manager, El Presidente. He has a lot of titles here at Harris Real Estate University. Tim and Julie Harris Real Estate Coaching. So without any further delay, Mr. Ventura, welcome to the call today, the radio show. Well, thank you. Thank you for having me on. I, I definitely appreciate being on. You know, I'm a an avid listener, I guess, as part of the organization, but, you know, I, I really love the show as well, so it's great to, to come on. So, Tim, I think, actually, it would be kind of interesting uh, for them to learn a little bit about your background, so if you could kind of paint some broad strokes to kind of get a an idea of sort of your diverse technological-based background and all that. Because, you know, guys, really, at the end of the day, when you – uh, our media syndicators, coaching company like we do, we really do need somebody of the highest caliber like Mr. Ventura. So, Tim, let him know about your previous employee. Ah, well, thanks again, Tim. Um, you know, I, I come out of the technology industry originally, and so marketing and, um, you know, a lot of the, the graphic and multimedia stuff that we do now, um, that, that's a little bit newer for me. I, I started out in the tech industry working at AT&T Wireless, and, uh, you know, I, I bounced around Redmond, and so I'm familiar with a lot of the companies in that area, uh, including including Zillow, which uh, I believe we're, we're going to be talking about a little bit today. So, so it's it's interesting, you know, to to come into real estate from that. Um, I ended up I, I'm the the former co-founder of the BPO Automation Group, which uh, I, I created back in 2009, kind of at the peak of you know the market crash, and BPOs were at an all-time high back then. Um, and so that's that's how I got into real estate. But the more I got into it, really, the more I fell in love with it. And I, I really like working with agents as well. So that that's kept me in the industry. And you know, from there, I ended up working with uh, yourself and Julie, and it's it's been a wonderful experience. Which, by the way, guys, um, if you want a free coaching call, Tim is actually on the roster. And so, if those of you who are trying to get your technological lives in order. Definitely request a free coaching call with Tim at freecoachingcallsforagents.com. So, yes, we are talking about Zillow today. And it's interesting, Tim. Obviously, we monitor what gets the most listens. And anytime we talk about Zillow, we seem to have the most folks interested. Uh, and sometimes it's by a surprisingly large margin. And I think Zillow's on everybody's minds. So much so that we've uh, there was a, a well Tim you and I both talked about this and a lot of our listeners had you know emailed us about this and we're talking about this very topic. Of course, everyone knows Zillow's the estimates and in the real estate industry, I think I would not be using uh, or I think this word is not overstating how much agents hate Z estimates. And there's lots of reasons I suspect that agents are justified in hating Z estimates because guess what they're inaccurate. And it often creates a real issue when talking with uh, sellers and potential listings. And, you know, there's other – I was thinking as I was saying that, there's other markets where the estimates are actually fairly accurate. If you're selling in an area that has a high density of condos, 
Well, the Z estimates really aren't too far off. So, you know, let's not just paint Z estimates with a, a broad brush and assume they're all bad because some of them are just fine. But, Tim, Zillow came out with something new recently that really has raised a lot of eyebrows. Why don't you talk a little bit about that? Well, you know, there's a story that was just on Inman News about the Zillow Z-Estimate forecasts, and it, it looks like they are now attempting to predict. It, it said that they were predicting the future value of individual homes using the Z-Estimate forecasts, which for me was, was really interesting because – you know, they're taking, uh, again, from a technology, from an IT perspective, they're taking that information that they have in their computer systems, and they're trying to apply that and then take it down to this granular level to say, okay, we already know what the local market is doing, and we already know more or less what the value of the home is. And so we're going to take that and say, well, what will this individual home look like in terms of value in the next year? And you know, in, in terms of providing a, a, a service, I guess, um, I think there's some real value there. But I, it's also a little bit worrisome uh, to me that, you know, it definitely brings up concerns. And, and I think, uh, you know, I, I think that's something that a lot of agents are probably feeling nervous about as well. Or if not, they should be. Because really, at the end of the day, I mean, Tim, the comments that we gathered from other listeners and some of the things that you and I wrote down, why don't you just read that? I think that's really valid. It kind of just encapsulates I think how a lot of agents are feeling about Zillow and really Trulia's uh, presence in our industry. And, and you guys, it's interesting, just before Tim reads what he's about to read to you, um, and again, these are comments from uh, some of the listeners. These are some of the things that Tim and I jotted down prior to today's show. So here's a thought for you. Did you guys know that in Canada there is no Zillow or Trulia or are no Zillow and Trulias? There's just Realtor.ca. Now, what happened? Why is it that Canada is not having to deal with these uh, companies, and we are. Why is it that we're in a situation where we're having to buy back our own buyer leads? Why is it that we are now, unfortunately, in a situation where Zillow and Trulia uh, are making inroads to really being uh, maybe even replacing, originally it was supplementing, but now I actually think we're, they're crossing the line, replacing realtors and, our, and really, you know, you guys as the sharp – it's the sharp end of the stick when it comes to information about real estate markets. I mean, in the past, it was just the thing to do that when you wanted information about real estate, you went to a local professional. But now, you know, Zillow and Trulia have interjected themselves into the conversation. And now, if you want to have that conversation with that prospective seller and, and obviously buyer, guess what? You have to pay for it. And it really does bring up an interesting philosophical challenge for many of us because what real value is Zillow or Trulia offering? What are they really doing that we weren't doing before? Or is it that they're just packaging what we were doing before in a different way that maybe is more consumer-friendly? So, Tim, what are those comments that we gathered uh, that I want to share with the listeners today? Sure, sure. Well, yeah, we've had a number of comments, you know, and I think one of the biggest concerns was, um, you know, they, they don't have perfect data. And so, you know, if they're doing these estimates – um, are they going to be passing along errors, you know, and and are uh, are they are they accountable for any errors that they pass along? I mean, um, you know, any agent who's who's getting buyer leads from Zillow, right? And and this would go for Trulia as well, I guess, to some degree. But definitely in terms of Zillow, if they're coming through Zillow, then odds are they're going to be seeing these these forecasted values. Um, you know, and so they're going to be taking that preconceived notion with them. You know, if you have buyer leads that are coming through and they're foreca forecasting a decrease or they're forecasting 
inaccurate values or, or anything that's just basically out of line with what you know you and your seller know the, the property is going to be doing, then that's just an extra burden that you're going to have to deal with. And so, right. I mean, you know, the, it's it's one. It's one layer having the Z estimates wrong, right, where you go and meet with a seller and the seller has an inflated sense of value of their house. But now you're going to have not only a possible incorrect Z estimate, anytime you're in a, a normal community where homes are different, where they're larger, bigger, where this, you know, if it's even a semi-custom subdivision, well, the Z estimates get really, really bad. And, you know, you guys have to oftentimes overcome the miscalculation on zeros front. But the, the, the question I have is why the heck are they even doing that in the first place? If they know, and they do know, that their Z estimates are not accurate, that they're there mostly for entertainment purposes, well, why the heck are they even then taking it further and acting like they can then predict the value of your home 12 months from now? And what well, well, you guys think about this? Go ahead. You know, Tim, if I, if I could interject for a second, this is something that I, I've seen personally a lot. And, you know, and, and when I was a lot younger, I would say I, I engaged in this myself. It's really easy to get involved with it. But I would call this the tech industry arrogance, I guess. And, and what I mean by that is this this idea that, you know, we work with data, we work with knowledge, and so therefore we know everything about everything. And it really is this arrogant attitude that, you know, we can take everything that's that's known and put it in a computer, and that computer will give us answers for this, that, and the other thing. Um, you know, and I, I think that that arrogance is kind of coming through in, in the case of Zillow. I, uh, you know, I mean, some of these comments, you know, that, that we've seen coming through, you know, people are people are asking, you know, I, how much do they want to be involved in our transactions? Um, you know, and and I, I think that's kind of the bottom line. You know, it it, it almost reminds me of like what Google did. Uh, you know, when when search engines were young, the market was there. Google came along and said, you know, uh, we can we can be everything for everybody. And and then they they took over the search market. And in Google's case, hey, no, you know, no big deal because it was a young emerging market, and they were able to do it better. And you know, there are all sorts of benefits and advantages. But in the case of real estate with Zillow, I think that I think the friction occurs because it's a mature industry. It's an industry that's managed to survive somehow. It's managed to survive for you know 100 years or so without having Zillow involved with it. And so. What they're trying to do is kind of create a niche, and they may end up doing that by, by forcing agents out or at least putting them in a more tedious position. I think that's where a lot of these comments that we're seeing are coming from. Well, you know, it's it's very interesting to me that agents have been so willing, listing agents specifically, I just don't honestly get this. If Julie and I were still listing and selling real estate, um, and I were in a market where, frankly, uh, there was a lot of agents that were willing to buy buyer leads, I'll tell you what I, the first thing I would do is I would do everything in my power not to syndicate my listings. I wouldn't. I would not allow my – and I would use that when speaking to a seller. I would explain to the seller that, frankly, if you have your listing syndicated on all these sites that don't have the same assurances of quality, that don't have to follow the same ethical standards as, say, Realtor.com does because it's association with the National Association of Realtors – then you know what? Maybe that is not the best place for us to be featuring your listing. The inaccurate data on these websites is ridiculous. On Zillow and Trulia, it really is ridiculous. So think about this. From a listing agent's perspective, because ultimately, guys, if there's ever going to be any sort of reversal of this trend, it's going to come from the individual listing agent. You know, the individual listing agent insisting that their broker no longer syndicate their listings 
on Zillow in Trulia. Because here's the thought for you. So the longer you allow that to happen, the longer you allow your information to be exploited, you know, a listing is your work product. You had to work hard to get that listing. And to allow that listing to be syndicated for free with you getting no benefit of the fact that Zillow is making and truly are making money from then selling your hypothetical buyer leads to other agents, how does that make sense? I mean, that's the point that Tim was just making. In what industry can you take somebody else's work product and then basically resell it or exploit it for your benefit and not have to pay some kind of royalty? Well, guess what? In Las Vegas, there is rumor, and I'm working my best to confirm this, that there was a broker that said, listen, we're no, longer or we're no longer syndicating our listings, and Zillow has agreed to pay them directly for their listings because this one broker in particular evidently had so many listings. Well, now that conversation begins to shift because if you're going to pay a listing agent for their listings, for their work product, you know at that point, then it becomes a business proposition that actually, start, actually might benefit a listing agent uh, to start allowing their listings to be syndicated. But what we're doing now is essentially laying down on the railroad tracks, waiting for the big train to run us over, and that is, in essence, what Zillow and Trulia are doing. And it does not seem, and it's not, I mean, I don't even want, it doesn't seem to be, no real change seems to be in the wind, except from the individual agent. I don't see any leadership coming from any of the national associations or any of the local boards or any of the big MLSs, or any of the big regional brokerages, or anything like that, nothing that's really going to make a significant change. Somebody, and maybe it's me, maybe it's Tim, maybe it's Julie, maybe it's all of our coaches, maybe it's this radio show right now, that we need to say is enough is enough. Listing agents, stop syndicating your listings. If your broker insists that you syndicate your listings so that your listings that generate buyer leads for their low-producing agents, switch brokerages. There needs to be a revolt against this behavior. Because, guys, Zillow and Trulia have to and absolutely will further interject themselves into your business, into our industry. They're doing it, obviously, by, you know, people are funny, too. This whole thing, this conversation is hilarious because some people don't even want to talk about syndication anymore. They don't want to talk about whether or not, you know, people should be, agents should be able to buy other uh, listing agents, buyer leads, and blah, blah, blah. Oh, that's an old conversation, Tim. That conversation has come and gone. I read that sometimes. And you know what? The only reason that Trulia and Zillow are able to essentially syndicate these listings like they are and exploit your individual work products listing agents is simply for the fact that during the recession, the industry was on its knees and we were all sort of licking our wounds. But now that we're coming back, we have to absolutely positively make a decision that we're going to take the industry back. And we have to reverse the inroads that these outsiders are taking to disintermediate us. And that's the conversation that's kind of funny because back in the 90s when Julie and I were selling real estate into the early 2000s, disintermediation means essentially to remove the middleman. And that was the big trend, and I think Tim can talk about that. I mean, a lot of the businesses that were started – in you know Washington State and around Redmond, they're all about disintermediation of the of the middlemen, travel agents, real estate agents, stockbrokers, all these people that you know they must not provide any value. They're just there to somehow you know tax the middle of the transaction was the the philosophy behind it. Well, so then guess what Zillow and Trulia have done the same thing, but now it's, they're trying to obviously get into all of our pockets. So what happens next? They're then obviously going to start going after listing leads. They're going to start trying to market to sellers 
so they then could refer the listings back to you. I would not be surprised at all. Matter of fact, I would be stunned and amazed if within the next 12 months, uh, Zillow and Trulia don't announce some sort of referral fee-based listing lead generation widget that's going to start out at a reasonable 20% and quickly go up to 40 or 50% of the net commission dollar to you. That will happen if we allow them to happen. The way you stop this is quite simple. Cut off the listings. If they don't have listings, all their little you know, gimmicks won't matter. Nobody is going to go to their site. Their traffic will drop. The only reason at the end of the day people go to their websites is to look at houses. No one's going to go to Trulia and Zillow unless there's listings for them to see. Stop syndicating your listings. Now, like I said, if they want to start paying directly listing agents some kind of revenue share on what they're generating from selling buyer leads or some kind of monthly rent fee for featuring their listing or some kind of flat fee, then that's a different conversation. But just taking them and exploiting them where there's no clear direct benefit to the listing agent or the seller, the whole idea that syndication somehow increases the value of a listing, that has been proven. Uh, Google Austin Association of Realtors, they've done studies on this. That's been proven to be not true. Matter of fact, you notice that no one's even saying that anymore because they all know it's not true. So at the end of the day, there is no benefit to your, your seller by over uh, – <laughs> I was going to say exploitation, but over-syndication of your listing. There's no clear benefit to the seller. There's definitely, as a listing agent, no benefit to you whatsoever, so stop doing it. Just say, damn it, my listings will not be on those sites anymore. Now, if they want to rent my listings, if they want to pay me some kind of royalty for my work product, go for it. Otherwise, the answer is no. And then I would encourage you to put them on Realtor.com, and I would encourage them, obviously, to put it on your broker or your agent's website. Now, there are some big brokerages that are starting to put together their own national MLSs. I'm excited to see about that, see how that works out. I think that would be pretty incredible. But, I mean, Tim, in the short run, from a technological perspective, this sort of technological arrogance, this creep that seems to be happening, what would you expect to happen next? Well, you, you know, I, I actually interviewed at Zillow during the dot-com crash. Uh, I, I'm sure I was, you know, one of many thousands of people who, who did that. At the time, you know, after the dot-com thing imploded, and then uh, for the next few years after that, you know, uh, Zillow was, was one of the, the most interesting startups, I guess, in the Seattle area. And so I was able to kind of, you know, I, I did the standard tour of the facilities and kind of get the rundown on what they were doing. And at the time, they were doing uh, very different stuff. It's Actually, it's difficult to remember exactly what. But they, they started out with kind of a different goal and mission than they've gone to since then. But what, what did get me at the time, and again, this isn't unique for that area, was this idea that, um, I, I think that the arrogance was uh, it's all data. That's the idea, and and this this isn't a real estate thing. This is a it, it's an IT industry thing. The the idea that it doesn't really matter what industry we're in, it doesn't really matter what we're doing. We're able to work with data. We're able to present that to people. We're able to manage it, and therefore we can do anything universally. You know, and there, there are some philosophical points that this comes back to in the computer industry, like Turing's principle and all that. But, but the, the bottom line is that, uh, in terms of real estate, the impression that I got was they weren't really interested in real estate. They were interested in making money off data, and it doesn't seem like that's changed. At, you know, compared to Realtor.com, where the organization itself is able to put the brakes on things to say, hey, are we hurting our constituents? With Zillow and Trulia, you don't have that. They're, they're 
you know, completely independent. And when you think about it from a sales transaction perspective, it's really odd. I mean, imagine going to buy a car and you're working with the salesman and then all of a sudden some guy in a suit pops out from behind a building, runs into the middle of it and says, hang on a sec, I've got more for you. Well, you know, who is this fellow? Why is he in my transaction? You know, is he going to help me buy this car? You know, and, and why is he here? Um, you know, but in the case of Zillow and Trulia, that's exactly what we're seeing. We're seeing these two organizations that have kind of come out of nowhere, enter a mature industry, and kind of elbow everybody to the side and say, wait, we want a piece of the action. Well, maybe what value do you bring to it? You know? Well, what, that's the um, bottom line, though. What value do they bring? I mean, all they're doing is regurgitating the information that's already out there. Package, you know, honestly, it's the packaging of it. They have, honestly, Trulia and Zillow have done a masterful job marketing their widgets. You know, they've done a masterful job of really producing a very consumer-friendly website. And you know what? Realtor.com has fallen from, you know, they're at the number one position for home search for a long time, and for whatever reason now, they're third. Can they regain that position? Yes, they can, but we have to support them. And if we don't, our goose is cooked. It just is. This is not me being paranoid. This is me just looking forward. You know, they call this these future home estimates, and the you know they show a crystal ball. Well, here's the crystal ball if we allow these interlopers to continue to essentially replace us as the trusted professionals in the real estate transactions. You're going to pay for everything. You're going to you're literally you're gonna, now. What would prevent them, for example, to start putting up a bidding uh, widget to allow realtors to go on there and bid? This has happened before. You guys know about this. This is not just some, you know, hypothetical. There were businesses that started to emerge where a seller would put their listing up, you know, this is a house I want to sell, and then listing agents would then have to go on there and submit resumes and really bid for the listing. Here's the best price, and here's the lowest commission, and here's all the stuff I'm going to do. So at that point, guys, it's the lowest bidder that's going to win every single time. Then you're out of business. Some of you are trying to build your comeback stories, and your best intentions are doing what's best for your customer. That is where your primary focus is. I know it because we talk to you when we do free coaching calls, and those of you who are long-time coaching clients. You love this business because you know it's a, profound, it's, it's a way to have a profound effect in a positive way on your buyers' and sellers' lives. You have passion for that. You have passion for helping people accomplish their goals. You know, where's Zillow's game in this? They're making money for what reason? What what are they really providing to consumers? The same information they can get for you. And you're feeding these things that are eating you. So, you know, your your business, your opportunity going forward, your opportunity to profit from your passion will be diminishing greatly uh, because of the fact that you're going to be having to pay referral fees constantly. You're going to be having to pay all these different Mickey Mouse fees to get at the business you should otherwise get at. You know, while I was talking to him, there was a video, and you guys can find this on YouTube yourselves, where there was some sort of heated debate where some executives from Zillow, and there was, they were presenting to, I think it was a board of realtors. I should find that and put it on our blog. And uh, the debate was essentially, well, you know, what the heck is Zillow doing? All these types of things we're talking about now. And then someone in the audience, uh, I think this was right before they went public or right after they went public, Someone in the audience said, "Well, why don't you guys just pay us to use our listings? You know, fine. If you want to, you, if you want to, if you want to advertise and make money off of our work product, you give us a rev share. You pay us a flat fee. Somehow, we need to financially benefit from it because, after all, 
You are. And you know what their answer was? It was actually, did you see that video, Tim? No, no, I haven't seen that one. Their answer was basically, we can't afford it. Their answer was basically, there's no money. We can't afford it. That is, in essence, what was, you guys can go to YouTube and find that video yourself. But, but here's, the, here's the flip side to this. They spend millions and millions of dollars per month on data. They're buying their information. When, the, when people go and to Zillow and look at home sale data and they look at all this other stuff, Zillow is buying content feeds. They're buying that information from you know, maybe even the government, maybe from your MLS, maybe from the tax assessor, from all these different sources. That information they have to spend money on to get. So why are they not paying you for the very thing that they need the most in order to continue to attract consumer eyeballs, which is your listing? So here's my message to all of you. Stop syndicating your listings on Zillow and Trulia. Listing agents, walk into your broker's office and say, where is the benefit to my seller or me as a listing agent allowing my work product to be exploited like this? Ask them. Now, some of you, this is going to be like a totally and completely foreign thought to you. Others of you, really many of you who are our coaching clients, know where I'm coming from with this. You're understanding why this is such a, a critical thing to take seriously. And ask them, where is the benefit to me or my sellers? The broker is going to say, well, the seller gets more exposure, higher price. Not true. Here's what you can read, Mr. Broker, to understand why that's not true. Where's the benefit to the broker? Well, the broker not really is getting – they're getting fewer buyer leads unless they're buying their buyer leads. You see, guys, this is not good for our industry. It's not bringing any real value to our industry. They're not producing more transactions for our industry. They're not really producing more value for you as an individual agent. All they're doing is getting in the middle. They are the ones that need disintermediated at this point, not us. We have to fight back. And the only way to do it that I can think of is stop allowing your work product listing agents to be exploited. Tim, I mean, you you obviously are in the front lines of a lot of this stuff too, working um, in our coaching business, talking to agents all day. What are the other thoughts that come to mind from conversations you've had? Well, I, I think I, I think one of the biggest thoughts is something that, that agents should definitely keep in mind is, um, you know, one of the things that I've seen in the tech industry, I, I got into the web in 96, so I was, I was into it pretty early, and I got into e-commerce right away. So um, one of the things that I've seen is companies like Yahoo that were too big to fail, you know, back in, uh, I think it was right around 98, 99. I remember having a conversation with somebody who was uh, doing, they were doing a lot of business, and it all came from Yahoo. And, and I said, well, you know, that's that's really great, but doesn't it seem kind of weird to stake, you know, everything you have in this one organization? And he said, Yahoo is the pinnacle of search. They are the big one. He said, no one will ever surpass them, you know. And a year later, Yahoo surpassed, or sorry, a year later, Google surpassed them. And so that's that's kind of the way the technology industry works and in the case of Zillow and Trulia it's possible that they could maybe they'll continue to grow and, and stay the way they are you know and and maybe maybe somebody who's who's looking at staking their business on those Zillow leads maybe that's that's the organization they should stay with but it's also entirely possible that somebody else will buy them or they'll change their revenue structure or a million different things could happen that would upset that apple cart and so i i think that the best way to look at that is you know um, agents have have worked by maintaining independence and autonomy and by learning skills to let them do their trade with a minimum of interference, with a minimum of, you know, outside organizations putting stuff in. And so if they learn how to do this themselves, 
without having to buy leads to you know from Zillow. I think that's the best way to approach it. Yeah, I think that's a nice uh, conclusion. And there's three other things I wrote down that so in the real world you guys are going to have to overcome these objections uh and the issues that Z estimates create and also now that Zillow is deciding that they're going to be uh in the future price estimating business which I mean guys if you see that as anything other than entertainment you need to have your heads checked. So when you're showing buyers uh so you might have a buyer let's say and the buyer is concerned about the long term or short term return on investment from this particular property. So it might benefit you to show the buyer the truth or the the projected by uh the projection of what you think the future appreciation will be. Now here's basically the way you can do it. If you're selling real estate in a market like Columbus, Ohio, Columbus is historically appreciated by a 3% per year, which is also about the annual uh, inflation rate. So really, has there been appreciation or is it just inflation? It's probably just inflation. But show your, your prospective buyers that this is what you should expect. And you know, by the way, this is the same with most of the country. This is what you should expect over the next, say, 3, 5, 10 years, that realistically you're going to see right around a 3% return on your investment. Now, if you have a buyer that's saying, well, according to Zillow, it's going to be 5%, then you need to do what's right and explain to them the historical facts that, guess what, we know that it's going to be probably closer to 3%, but if the buyer feels that making that investment in that particular property, if they feel more comfortable doing it because Zillow is giving them a higher number, well, then that's the buyer's decision. Now, here's another thought for you. Sometimes you're going to have, you know, the problem always with these estimates comes in when you're dealing with sellers. You guys know this as well as I do. So maybe you have a situation where a seller is not willing to price their house to sell. Across the country, I'm getting reports from all of our coaching students that, yes, it's been a strong seller's market, but things are starting to shift. California real estate agents, I hear you. I know your market's starting to shift. So you're going to have sellers now that are going to have their heads in the stars in terms of property values. Well, if those sellers have to then move up to the next leg, they have to they want to buy another house, maybe consider showing them what Zillow is expecting the potential uh, appreciation to be on what they're thinking about buying. And by not purchasing their next house, they might actually be excluding themselves from the potential gain of that upleg, right? So that might be another way to use this information. But I always, always, always want you guys to let the sellers and the buyers know that the Zillow Z estimates and these other reports that they put out are really just there for entertainment. There's there's data that supports it, but still at the end of the day, there's so many micro market trends which can adversely or positively affect a property's value. That you guys know this. If you've been in the industry for even 12 months, you can you've seen the market shifts and how fast they come. Well, so again, you need to kind of like take the edge off some of these Zillow reports and letting them know that those are there strictly for entertainment. But again, some sellers might appreciate that added information. Now, the reverse of it is showing sellers a flat or negative value trend might also motivate them to sell the house quicker if they feel that the market has started to head in the opposite direction. So, I mean, I was doing my best to come up you know, basically to try to give you guys a positive spin on having to overcome this bad information that you have to as a result of these reports. And again, it's not universally bad. I know some of these the estimates in the areas where there is a great deal of the same type product, condos and whatnot, they're they're pretty accurate. That's the reality of it. But for the most part in most of the country, houses are so different. There's different little tiny nuances that greatly affect the house's value. You guys know what I'm talking about. 
the views, the, the proximity to the airport, the whether it faced east or west. I mean, all these types of things do have effect on values. Well, the estimates don't really reflect that. So you are going to have to really be good at explaining to the seller that you know the Z estimates and the uh, now that Zillow is thinking that they can predict future house values are there strictly for entertainment. But you're going to have to be ten times stronger than you've ever been, explaining to them why what their true value is based on CMAs, based on comps, based on real world data. You know Zillow didn't go into the neighbor's house down the way that sold for a hundred thousand dollars more because it had you know uh, the whole kitchen and the bathrooms and the in ground pool. Right? So they don't know all that information that you know. So your local market expertise is going to keep you relevant, but you're going to have to fight for that position now more than ever. And like I said, going forward, if you want to stay relevant in this industry truly, and you're a listing agent, you need to seriously consider insisting that your listings are no longer syndicated on any other site other than your brokers, your site probably, and uh, Realtor.coms. That's I can't think of any other way that we're actually going to regain control uh, as the trusted source for real estate information. If we just back off and let it continue to happen, five years from now, do not be surprised if some form or another, basically we have been disintermediated. Our importance in this industry has been uh, essentially beat down to the point where we're just essentially transactional agents and we're having to go for you know, 50 to 60% of our business now, we're having to pay referral fees and we're having to pay premier agent fees and we're having to pay all these fees just because we didn't say enough was enough soon enough. So that's what I'm asking all of you to do now. Seriously consider the ramifications of continuing to do business with those companies on what it really has for, your in- for our industry and for your individual pocketbook. Now, some of you are addicted to buying buyer leads. I get that because you've not learned how to self-generate. You've not learned how to become listing agents. For those of you, request a free coaching call. Free coaching calls for agents.com if you're finally ready to learn how to actually be an entrepreneur and own your own business and learn how to be a listing agent, which is something all of you should do, especially now as the market's starting to shift back towards a normal supply of inventory. You're going to see that happening in uh, an obvious numbers probably over the next 90 to 120 days. So, Mr. Ventura, anything else you'd like to say before we wrap today's radio show? Well, thank you again for having me on. Uh, you know, again, it's it's a pleasure to be able to speak to the audience, and uh, you, you know, so thank you again. Yeah, my pleasure. So everyone else, you're about to hear Tim's voice again as he does our closing audio. In the meantime, if you guys need us for anything, what do you do? You go to free coaching calls for agents.com. Existing coaching students and those of you who are ready to become coaching students, you obviously get priority. Do us a favor and share these radio shows with as many other agents as you can. Help us get the word out. Guys, this is your time. This is your market. This is a market recovery that's going to last 7 to 10 years. Make this your comeback story. If there's anything we can do to help you, free coaching calls for agents.com. This program has been a presentation by Tim and Julie Harris, Real Estate Coaching. For more information on our real estate coaching and training programs, visit our website at timandjulieharris.com. Remember to tune in weekdays at noon for upcoming shows. And until next time, thank you for listening to Real Estate Coaching Radio with Tim and Julie Harris. 
This podcast is a part of the C-Suite Radio Network. For more top business podcasts, visit c-suiteradio.com.